The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 31st of July. I'm Tim Spears and today we're asking... Is Manchester United's new striker ready for the Premier League? I think they look at him as someone with athleticism, stature, the right mentality as well. And after being fined by UEFA, could Chelsea face sanctions from the Premier League? It's safe to assume that when Chelsea's new owners self-reported to UEFA, they also self-reported to the Premier League. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. on the turn, Hoyland could skill and Rasmus Hoyland has pulled one back for Atalanta Manchester United are expected to complete the signing of Danish striker Rasmus Hoyland in a deal worth up to £85 million that's around $110 million an agreement has been reached with Italian club Atalanta for the 20 year old Danish international who scored a not earth shattering 9 times in 32 Serie A appearances last season as well as 6 goals in 6 games for Denmark. Hoyland will sign a 5 year contract and the deal brings to an end United's long search for a number 9 but given his age and an experience should we expect too much from the youngster this season United correspondent Laurie Whitwell is here to give us the lowdown Laurie why were United so keen to sign Hoyland so a lot of money for a 20 year old that is unproven in the Premier League and uh, even only scored nine goals in Serie A but there's a lot of uh, hype and expectation about him a lot of clubs have looked at him Um, there's been a bit of a a frenzy over representing him as well in terms of his agency so um, a high, highly regarded talent and um, yeah I think Eric Tenag is very pleased that he's got him in the building and number nine was the absolute priority this summer and his age profile means that he can you know, grow and develop at United and I think Tenag will back himself to draw the best out of Hoyland um, and, and get those kind of numbers that you'd expect from a number nine at Manchester United um, I think they look at him as someone with athleticism, stature uh, the right uh, mentality as well so is this United's number nine problem solved or given his age should expectations for an immediate impact be tempered? Does this solve their number nine problem? Um, well, I think ultimately they would rather have a, a striker of you know, proven quality in the Premier League alongside Hoyland. Um, so that's perhaps something just to keep an eye on in, in future years possibly. But um, I think at the moment this is a player that they could get for a fee they knew he was available from Atalanta um, and okay it's a a, a good chunk of money but they're hopeful that he is going to be worth it in time and I think they probably a bit of patience needed yeah I don't think that people would expect him to hit the ground running uh, although you know he's quite quick so so maybe he will Um, but I think the the idea is that he comes to United and and develops I mean I I see similarities with Anthony Martial the signing of of him from Monaco yeah hopefully United will hope that uh, Hoyland goes better United's next moves look to be about sales more than signings. Who might leave? Yeah, United might do more, but only if they make sales, um, and, and that's the crucial thing now. They've, they've spent actually a decent chunk of money, I think 160, 170 million pounds on these three signings, Andre Nana and Mason Mount, the other two, three priority positions, and United are really pleased to get all three in, uh, you know, well before the start of the Premier League season. So, but they do need to balance the books as well. So they've sold Anthony Langer for sort of initial fee of 15 million pounds. There's Fred that's not been on this tour that's um, that's available. Uh, Fulham are interested in him. Uh, it's obviously Harry Maguire, West Ham, a bid of £20 million turned down by United and 
but yeah, United will look at, at sales now. Dean Henderson's the other one, you know, Nottingham Forest are in talks, but that's currently at a stage where they're uh, discussing a loan with an obligation and the number of games required to trigger that uh, uh, obligation is, is what's being discussed at the moment. So yeah, uh, lots going on at Manchester United, but I think sales is now the priority. And you can hear more from Laurie on the Athletics' excellent Talk of the Devils podcast. Laurie, Carl Anker and Andy Mitten are back for the start of the season, telling you everything you need to know about Man United twice a week. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Axel Dizassi winding up and finding the net! Now, Mr Ornstein had a busy day yesterday. Chelsea have reached an agreement in principle to sign Monaco and France defender Axel de Sassi. The 25-year-old who made his France debut during the World Cup last year and played four times in the tournament looks set to move to London in a deal worth around £38 million, around $48 million. Chelsea recently lost Wesley Fofana to a long-term injury and de Sassi's impending arrival helps improve squad depth for Mauricio Pochettino. It comes after Chelsea were fined £8.6 million by UEFA, just over $11 million for breaching FFP regulations. But could they now be in trouble with the Premier League too? Joining us now is our Chelsea man, Liam Toomey. Liam, de Sassi, what can you tell us about him? Well, he's a France international. Uh, he was part of France's squad for the Qatar World Cup. Funnily enough, at the expense of Benoit Badiashile, um, his, his former Monaco teammate. Of course, they're, they're joining up together at Chelsea again. He's slightly older than some of the other players that, that Chelsea have targeted in the last couple of windows. Um, he's 25, he's a bit more seasoned. Mauricio Pochettino was quite explicit, actually, uh, about a week ago, saying that the Chelsea squad needed more experience. So maybe Dezassi addresses that. He certainly... Um, provides a bit more cover, particularly in the wake of Wesley Fofana's injury. Um, but there are more implications, I think, for, for Chelsea's defensive depth and other defensive options from De Sassi's arrival. You mentioned Fofana's injury there. Is, is that primarily why Chelsea have moved for a centre-back? I don't think it's a direct line because De Sassi is someone that they've looked at for quite a while. There's definitely a link there between him and Lawrence Stewart, who was recruited from Monaco and is now co-sporting director at Chelsea because he was he was pretty uh, prominent in the Badia Shield signing as well. I think this is Chelsea signing someone they feel can be part of their squad, a quality member of their squad for the long term. But you can't look at this outside the context of Fafana's injury. He's he's had reconstructive surgery on his ACL. It's not his first knee injury. So it would not be a surprise if he was sidelined for a long period of time. Uh, and, and even though Chelsea are not in Europe this year, they do need a certain degree of depth. It's becoming increasingly clear that, that Trevor Chalaber is, is maybe not in their plans. And so Dizassi provides cover in, in some of the similar areas. And as people may have seen, the club were fined £8.6 million by UEFA on Friday. Can you outline for us what rules they broke? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. It's, it, it relates to incomplete financial reporting between 2012 and 2019. So, that, so this is the Abramovich era we're talking about. So what happened was Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital completed their takeover of Chelsea uh, last summer. And shortly after taking over, they say during the due diligence process, they discovered this incomplete financial reporting and they essentially self-reported to UEFA this issue. And I think the fact that they, they self-reported feeds into the fact that this was just a fine and maybe nothing more serious than that. Chelsea in their statement also made it very clear they want a good relationship with, with UEFA and there, and there was the general sense of the new ownership trying to draw 
a clear dividing line from what happened in the Abramovich era. Now, we don't know all the details of what exactly this incomplete financial reporting was. There there have been some reports that it related to agent fees that weren't properly registered, but until there are maybe more consequences to this, um, and we can go into that, that we probably won't know the details. Now, I I think as far as UEFA are concerned, uh, this is finished. It's dealt with. Chelsea will, will pay the fine and everyone will move on. The key question is whether there will be charges from the Premier League because we've seen what's happened with Manchester City and the the current situation with with the charges levelled against them around incomplete financial reporting and suggestions of uh, you know that their that their books were not truly reflective of what was happening at the club um, over a period of years. Now, this appears to be I don't know slightly smaller scale if we're judging purely on the the size of the fine from UEFA, but. It's safe to assume that when Chelsea's new owners self-reported to UEFA, they also self-reported to the Premier League. And the Premier League do not offer guidance on or off record on these these kind of matters. The, the next we will hear will be if charges are brought against Chelsea and, and there isn't a clear time frame for that. So we're kind of in a bit of purgatory now with this story. And if you want to hear Liam talk even more about Chelsea's signings and findings, check out our Straight Outta Cobham podcast. You'll find it wherever you're listening to this one. The big game in the Women's World Cup today is Australia v Canada, with the Matildas looking to avoid the fate of fellow host New Zealand, who were knocked out of the tournament yesterday. That's on BBC Two at 11am and Fox at 6am Eastern Time in the US with Republic of Ireland v Nigeria on Fox Sports 1. A little earlier on this morning, Group C reaches a climax as Spain take on Japan on ITV and Fox, with both teams already through to the knockout stage, while Costa Rica v Zambia is on ITV 4 and Fox Sports 1. They're on at 8am here and 3am Eastern Time in the States. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ben Green. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe. And if you've got the time, leave us a review and let us know what you think. I'll be back here tomorrow. See you in the morning. The Athletic.